Hi, hello, and welcome to the after party. I feel like we both did so much and nothing in that episode, and it was very fun. So I just get to sit back and watch our two boys work. <laughs> yeah, I had to just like lie to an older butch woman, which is my favorite activity <laughs> in this game. So that was great, Michael Schubert. Did we or did we not capture your first game of D anD D on mic today? This is the one I've never actually Ooh. played Dungeons and or Dragons. How did it stack up? felt great. My first three rolls were fucking dope. <laughs> you rolled very well. I did until I had to do my history checks. You, you I was sucked not sucked all my dice energy out of me. <laughs> Brandon. There was Brandon. Would you roll a three instead of a four? <laughs> Got him. <laughs> so many questions to ask. Uh, Mike, what in the hell is your character? <laughs> uh, so the entire inspiration was based off of the clothing, which was Bender from Breakfast Club, just yeah. in terms of. Now, which one is that? Is that he's is the that, bad um, boy? Okay. Just that was the clothing. And the inspiration. end, he's like, "You wear pink, but I guess you're okay." Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That dude. Good. I didn't want to be him like a person, but Eric wanted me to be able to talk about Adamon. Her big thing is being all '80s style, so I was trying to think of what sort of cool '80s cliche could my dude be. Okay, this let's also back yeah. up. Yeah. Is Adamon like? Like Jane Fonda, but went to business school? Like, what's happening here? Yeah, so here is the inspiration for Mike's character. I wanted him to just be a regular dude who was tailgating and have a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. I also thought it was funny if one of the prevailing, like, gods of the Trinity was kind of just, like, the pervasiveness of Jesus in American culture. How we can casually dictate your life. So I thought that, like, Adama being the god of the living would kind of just be like more pervasive like in this a role model type like what would Anima do type yes exactly very what would Anima do and we talked about this a while ago I think like at an after party and I really love that Anima was like an 80s CEO we definitely never talked about we this. Did, oh, no, we I, did I talk about talking. it. I don't think we said 80s. I think you put that on top of it. You said CEO type. No, she was yeah. 80. Yeah. It was me. I You've said also definitely C used he, him for Adama before. When we started talking about Zayul, I switched it. Zayul was kind of like a dude and like a grandpa. And I wanted Adama to be a female god and also had 80s shoulder pads, which is why I made it, started to make it all 80s inspired. I mean, listen. It's really all about the shoulder pads. It's got to start somewhere. <laughs> is that where her like power and charisma is based? Like if it was a boss fight, should I go for the shoulder pads if you, yeah that would be a good start i mean she also like is the most efficient business person making sure that all living things happen forwardly oh yeah like being a deity is definitely an operations role yeah i totally oh, feel that how about the rubik's cube mike is that something you came up with it was, yeah. You came up with. I was oh, thinking right. of something. I kind of want to pull up our our like Slack thread about yeah. it. But just yes, do a dramatic reading of your Slack thread. Oh, that's, okay. Brandon and I will just sit back and watch. It's okay. delightful. It's delightful. I it love really that is. we have a role playing game. See, this is, I feel like players. I will, I will be playing the role of Eric Silver. This, this is why introverts message. have extrovert friends. <laughs> I will be playing the role of Eric Silver, and Eric Silver will be playing the role of Mike. Oh, sorry. Hold on. I have to get into it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, oh, man, Mike Schubert. Oh, here we go. All right, here I, we go. I sound exactly like that. That's the truth. Uh, do you need, do you need a way. comb, Eric? Or <laughs> I, uh, you, my, you need to brush your hair. My like hair looks seconds. like Gordon Hayward's now. Mm -hmm. uh, I need to. Okay. Listen, Gordon Hayward is not looking great right now, Mike. He's definitely. He's looking great. He's just not playing well. Okay. Uh, Judd Nelson. 
That's play, yeah, Bender. yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thanks. And that was also Twister. We were, I was trying to think of a synonym for Bender. Ben, that's very so. good. I definitely thought you were saying he's dressed like Bender from Futurama. Oh, and no, I was no, like, no, hold no, the no, fuck no. up. No, he is not a robot. <laughs> okay, this is what I wrote to Mike. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so I know what you're going to do. For JGP, I want you to help me flesh out your character as much as possible. So tailgaters are going to be outside of the stadium for the wrestling match. So you'd be one of the tailgaters who's been there a lot and know a lot of the best ways to get in and out of the stadium, like a huge fan. Also, we haven't really explored the other gods of the Trinity yet, so I think it'd be great if you were a devotee of Adama, the god of the living. In my head, she was an 80s female CEO with a massive shoulder pads, so instead of a cross, you could have something very 80s, on a, like on a chain. Ha-ha! Oh, I dig it! I have a Rubik's Cube. Oh, yes! That's, gr- that's great! It's a symbol of how complicated living is, but you could crack the puzzle or something. Yeah, also, it's very 80s, LOL. <laughs> I have a Slinky. I have a Teddy Ruxpin. I have a Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the 80s as a religion? I am He-Man. <laughs> I love the Rubik's Cube on a chain. Okay, tight. And also, you're like a big fan of wrestling and live sports and stuff. So just huge tailgate guy. Uh, can I be super 80s? Sure. You're a one-off NPC. It'll be cool. It'll be rad. Asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right I clarified that. Okay, and then we start getting into the more minutia. The minutia. So <laughs> But then I did scream at one point at all caps, my outfit is just Bender from Breakfast Club. And I say, there it is. <laughs> so Mike's class is monk. He is a drunken master monk, which again, we've talked about monk a lot. I love it, and it's like Kung Fu movies inspired. We decided that we could do it and we didn't really get into a fight, and I was really excited for it. Um that it's kind of like redirecting people's center of balance and you can like throw them at other people. And also you can just kind of like be a regular person. But that's what he's doing conversationally with the shoot the shit mm. thing. Exactly. So I ended up giving him the background of plumber. And here's the thing. That we didn't I came up do. with plumber. Right. You came up with plumber and I reskinned guild artisan. And I gave Makes him sense. Makes a sense. different thing, which was um, I know a guy. Mm-hmm. And which I know that's a very good thing. <laughs> oh, it's very good. We didn't get to use it. We didn't it get to funny. use it, but it basically Mike could roll a d20. If he rolled a 10 or higher, he knew someone who could help you in the situation. And depending on how close it was to 20 was how well he actually knew that person. Wow, yeah. that is very good. That is a fucking genius mechanic. We, we needed are... an excuse to have me know the ins and outs of the stadium. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. said, oh, I was a plumber and I did the, What's, the pipes. What is more in and out of a place than plumbing? In and out. Yeah. Well, here's... <laughs> well, the thing we ended up using a lot about your character was your feet. Yeah. So since you guys are all different How do you wild, spell it first of all? F-E-A-T. F-E-A-T. Not yeah. my, like, like not a my of strength. feet of strength. Like a feet of strength, yes. So I use my feet to talk. Brando is a large robo-boy, and Anara and Fish were elves and half-elves, and Cole is a tiefling. Because this is a fantasy game, there are very defined things that like the fantasy races can do, but humans actually have two choices. One, you get a plus one modifier to every single one of your stats, very like Mario in Super Smash just kind of good at everything but not great at anything. Or you can min-max the shit out of it like I did, and you can add a plus one to two stats, which I think I did charisma Mm -hmm. and wisdom or whatever. Yes. And I gave him a feat. And a feat is a specific thing that you are good at, and that is built into D&D if you want to just, like, soup up your character. It's also called a boon if, like, you get it from a god. But you get a feat right off the bat, like a human who is specialized in a thing. So we came up with this feat called shooting the shit. It's difficult 
to deal with charisma straight up because you can lie, you can persuade, you can intimidate, but you can't just like have a conversation. And I think that if you're doing this and being very neutral, like Mike was doing with the security guard, even if it's for a nefarious purpose, the conversation itself can't be leading. And I think that it's the role playing that I knew that Mike could do. It's like you're kind of leaning into the role playing ability of your player. I also truly appreciate that every woman in this universe is presumed to be a lesbian until given evidence otherwise, which I I (laughs) truly enjoy on a personal level. Did, Eric, you plan in advance that Mike would be here for the reemergence of Jersey Mike's sandwich chain? This (laughs) This <laughs> this Mikkel, who in fact grew up in New Jersey. No, I, I didn't even think about this. I thought it was just going to be in Fropolis Stadium. And then I remembered from Horse, the mm-hmm. podcast I do with Michael Schubert, wow. that how sponsored all of the arenas are. And my favorite is Smoothie King Arena that's in New Orleans. One. So wait, that's a real place. That is yeah. a real thing. That... And they have to be like, hi, we are the New Orleans Pelicans here at Smoothie King Arena. Welcome to beautiful Smoothie King Arena. It's the Smoothie King Center. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but That's yes, even that better. is the official <laughs> name of it. Whoa. And it will be a future three on three for, for horses, the best and the worst. And the best will be the Smoothie King Center. Absolutely. Very there good. is like a bunch of Smoothie Kings in the center, right? There has to be. Okay. I've cool. never been. <laughs> yeah, no, but the I team, can only imagine. The team is really bad now that they're not going to have Anthony Davis. So tickets will be really cheap. So I have said that it would be very fun just to do a weekend trip to New Orleans yeah. and like enjoy New Orleans and oh, then yeah. get courtside Pelicans tickets for like four Cheaper than cents. a smoothie from Smoothie King. Honestly, <laughs> it's going to be that bad where the tickets are cheaper than the smoothie. It's going to happen pretty soon. Yeah, Smoothie Truly. King smoothies are super fucking overpriced. It's gross. That's how it was growing up going to the Mets games a lot. Not because uh, we like the Mets, but because mm-hmm. it, it would cost like literally $5 for bleacher seats. So oh, yeah. it cost more to get a hot dog than it did to get a seat. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was very charming. We also talked a lot of table talk during the game about our like sandwich architecture preferences. Ooh, yeah. I must say it was an inspired decision, Eric, to name the levels of the stadium after the levels of a sandwich. So why don't you please tell us, and you're a sandwich devotee, I am. just knowing you in life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is your preferred ordering of a sandwich? I want to put tomatoes kind of close to the top Ooh, because I think I know that it makes the top of the bread soggy, but at least the trickle down of the wetness of the tomatoes doesn't get to the bottom, and then that hurts the integrity of the sandwich. Hopefully, you can put like a very thin layer of mustard or mayo or ketchup to like be a barrier there, and then like tomato, cheese, lettuce, meat. That's pretty much, I guess, from a basic perspective, what I would do. Interesting. I always put lettuce at the top because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's less slidey. Like the rest of the sandwich is more compact and the base is really clear. Also, growing up, we would put lettuce at the top so that the bread didn't get wet. If the lettuce was dry, it would be pretty pretty structurally sound. Furthermore, if you have hard shell tacos, always put the lettuce at the bottom, my friend. That's true. That way the meat doesn't make it soggy. Mike, I was growing up in the 90s on Long Island. Hard shell tacos were the best we could do. Right. But if you're forever and out there, don't ever eat hard shell tacos. That's true. And if yeah. you're yeah. ever yeah. having soft yeah. shell tacos, never get flour. Always get corn. Always That's corn. Hey, you, it, you lived I, in Texas. Yeah, I lived in Texas and I went to Taqueria Ruby Number no. 5, which is a taco truck that is permanently parked under the highway on Huffmeister Road. And it's run by a very small Mexican family that are very nice. And there's a lady who at the at the front, they always ask flour or corn. And I asked her, I was like, what 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 do you recommend at a flour or corn? And she goes, oh, mijo, only corn. And I've never <laughs> ordered a flour tortilla for the rest of my life. I mean, look, she's not wrong. Like, cor- <laughs> corn objectively. time and place. Yeah, corn my, also like has flavor. But flour is texturally much more satisfying. The only time I allow 
allow for flour tortillas are for breakfast tacos because eggs can be wet and will soak yes. through a corn tortilla. Or right. if you're doing fajitas, you need it to be flour just because it will crumble apart. The thing with corn is you have to put them in the oven for like 10 minutes on 350 first so that they get a little soft. Otherwise, they're going to rip in half. So anyone that's ever like, ah, oh, corn tortillas fall apart on me, you're doing your tortillas incorrectly. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Also, well, make them at home, please. Yes. Oh. This has been Sandwich Corner. Obviously, we know that fajitas are not sandwiches because we're not monsters. <laughs> yeah, but soup is a sandwich. But is cereal soup is a, a soup? <laughs> but are hot dogs soup and cereal? <laughs> Wait, but is Jersey Mike's a real thing? Yeah, Jersey, Jersey Mike's is a, real, is a real sandwich chain. Oh, man. And is it only in the state of New Jersey? No. I first had Jersey Mike's when I was in Texas. When oh. I was living in Texas, they opened Blood one. twist. Right? When I was living in Texas, they opened one. And my dad and I were like, that's kind of funny. We should go. They're like not bad. In terms of subs, like when Just like, people, like a hero sub type place. Yeah, like you're. I grew up in New Jersey. We have very high sub standards, whatever you call them, hoagie ah, sub, sub standards. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I have very high standards for them. So anytime you go to Subway, like that's not a sub. That is just a sandwich. Like Subway is in its own class of sandwich where it's like not really food. But Jersey Mike's like pretty much gets it close as you can for a fast food place. But we went through. It was pretty solid, and they do have that hot pepper relish. Is it jarred in there? No, like, that's no. Italian. I mean, they call, Italian. It, they call it hot pepper relish, okay. which is very good. So Sounds that's why I'm glad delicious. we got to find a way to put that into the arena. Like of the banana pepper type or more like traditional? I think they're, they're like banana peppers, peppers where they're sweet and spicy. They're Ooh. red. It's nice. red, red peppers. I don't know if they're called cherry peppers or whatever, but it's delicious. They're good. And I would always get those on the sandwiches from Jersey Mike's. But yes, and I went to the original one in New Jersey, which I think is in Belmar. And it's the exact same font as Jersey Mike's. It just says Mike's. Super good. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> I was thinking about that because. Because we have multiple chains in Texas. You know Texas Roadhouse? Yes. This is called Texas Roadhouse in Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have those here. You have Texas Roadhouses here? Yeah. They're like a Olive Garden. Yeah, peanuts on the floor. Oh, they're, they're terrible. It's the worst restaurant I've ever been to. But they're outside of malls. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're like yeah. a standalone restaurant That's how like you in a know mall parking lot. <laughs> I think yeah. it would be weirder for a place to just be called Roadhouse as yeah. opposed to be called Mike's. I'm sorry, if you've not seen the film Roadhouse. I know, Patrick but like Swayze. that would be confusing. <laughs> They're like, I'm here to see Patrick Swayze and be like, no, this is a bad steak restaurant. I'm sorry, he died. <laughs> I'm so- sorry, sir, this is a poor steak restaurant. <laughs> They're so bad, don't ever go. And then you see Patrick Swayze in the back corner eating just sad steak. Yeah, he's a with ghost. A pot of, with a pot of clay, he's spinning yeah, next to him. There it is. Well, a couple more cool D&D related things happened. Tracy, you used Disguise Self for the first time. I did. Please tell us about that. Yes. So when I leveled up, I got a new spell and that was one of them. Eric, I think, has the text open. But basically, yeah, I don't get to change my physical like stature, really, but I can make myself look differently and my clothes differently. Oh, cool. The cape spin was just flair. <laughs> Eric, what, is, what, is the, what does the text say? Uh, you make yourself, including your clothing, armor, weapons, and other belongings on your person look different until the spell ends or until you use your action to dismiss it. You can seem one foot taller or one foot shorter and appear thin, fat, or in between, but you cannot change your body type, so you must adopt a form that has the same basic arrangement of limbs. Otherwise, the extent of the illusion is up to you, and you do a investigation check against your spell save DC to figure it out. Yeah, so I couldn't become like a dragon or a, a, ten- a tennis ball. Or a tennis ball. Or a tennis ball. <laughs> when we were fighting the giant oat cake, Brandon was like, I use disguise self to become a tennis ball. And I'm like, you can't, you don't, you doofus. <laughs> My compromise was to just become a fuzzy green Tracy, but I don't think that really would have worked. Well, I think the Discord would be really mad at me if I didn't ask while we had Mike here what our character's Patronuses would be. Ooh, 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 ooh. This Mine is, is definitely a French Bulldog, so I'll right. just get that out of the way. Yeah, that, that, was a, that was an easy no-brainer there. You literally had a Patronus. It was the, in the form of a patch, and it was a ghostly apparition. Uh, yeah, I'm a French Bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> For Tracy, I think since Tracy is so 
large and should be intimidating, but is such a sweetheart. Is it a butterfly? I think it should Just be like something. Real me. <laughs> yeah, I think it should be something like really cute and tiny. So I was imagining a hummingbird. I like a hummingbird Just a like lot. Cute little like going all over the place. Like, yeah. hey, how's it going? Hi, hello. Ooh, yeah, 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 that's really good. I like that. I like that. Just like in the Harry Potter world, because I want to see Dementors getting fucked up by a hummingbird. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's like it's like nectar drawing. So that would be my pick for Tracy's Patronus. That's good. I think Eugene's is or Twisters is a rack of ribs. <laughs> it could be good. That could be or or garlic. <laughs> Just, Just, garlic. Of garlic. Just a floating head of garlic. I like that. Like Veggie Tales garlic. Like yo, the Alum family goes hard. I came up with the idea of Twister first, and then the reason I made it Eugene is because in Rocket Power, Twister Rodriguez is Maurice Rodriguez. So I made oh, yeah. Eugene Robertson nice. as the homage. And we can definitely put your character sheet up on our Patreon for the public, for people to look at. So head on over to patreon.com slash join the party pod to check that out. Yeah, yeah, there are some cool attacks I didn't get to use, but I got to do my cool dodging of arrows and throwing them back and saying <laughs> wrestler catchphrases. So I was stoked. I want to say right now, that I just wanted that to happen. <laughs> Nothing I did was exactly the rules, but I, since we disarmed the fight that was going to happen, I really wanted to give Mike a chance to do some of the cool monk stuff that we gave him because mm-hmm. we haven't really given him a monk yet. So I wanted to do that, and there you go, Michael yeah. Schubert. I think we need to have a conversation with Cole about changing her passwords and making them more secure. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. You really shouldn't use the same password for everything. Different you know? password every Honestly, time. Honestly, I can't believe you remembered the password it's from episode Eric, three. Eric, it's literally the only thing I remember about this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, thank you so much for guest starring on Join the Party. I hope it was fun. Yeah, it was super good. Thank you so much for having me. I have not been able to flex my improv muscle since moving to New York and Potterless going weekly. I'm too busy to live. So I have not done improv since moving. And that was like a huge part of my life for the past eight years. So yeah. it was yeah. nice to get those out of my system and, and do it on the show. Thanks so much yeah. for having me. It's, it's, been fun. Yeah. it's been super Good. fun. And on the rare chance any Join the Party listeners have not subscribed to Potterless and to Horse, mm-hmm. you should do that. Just put Multitude in your podcast app and subscribe uh, right now. I am very biased, but I think they're both very good shows. <laughs> And I think you should listen to them. I am not, and they're very good shows. Okay, they're good. Excellent. I, I hate ha- you both, and they're very good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only a little biased, and I think Horse is good, and Potterless is not as good. But that's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Well, you do know that you are the best guest on Potterless, in your own opinion, <laughs> which Eric reminds that's me good every time I'm on Potterless. <laughs> and he's like, that's nice, but did you know that I'm the best one? So, Mike, we will let you get back to editing Potterless yeah, as you yep. do mm-hmm. between breaths and on the subway. And, every train ride. And every train ride. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks again for coming. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It was super fun. Now let's go to some audience questions. Yee. We have a question from new Discord member Pan. Thanks for joining, Pan. For Eric, I'm currently writing an arc centered around an NPC I made up in half a second for a bit several seasons ago. Are any of the JTP NPCs minor characters who wound up way more significant than you intended? Oh, man, that's a really good question. I think a lot of the minor characters I started with just have morphed into presences in your lives. Like Stoneface. In our real lives, too. (laughs) Yeah. The speaker, I think the two might be Stoneface and the speaker. Stoneface was just going to be this guy who was hanging out in the rookery to like introduce this idea of bombolates and like that never really like progressed but Stoneface has been kind of a factor in your lives for a long time and then the speaker has taken on this maternal presence for the party which I was never really expecting she was just kind of like a diplomat then it, it progressed that she was going to be a big part of labor party so I was not anticipating that when I first started planning out the game like 
months ago. What's the like switch there? Like, what's the thing that makes you realize, like, oh, I for story reasons, it's necessary for me to involve this NPC more? Is it like our interactions? Like, did the players drive it, or is it something you like decided on? I think that when Anara stuck all of the bagels in her mouth. If in front of the speaker, I was like, oh, this is like a very like straightforward foil for my three goofy <laughs> players. I think definitely your interactions with them. And then an NPC can be one-sided, but they should never be two-sided, like two-dimensional. They interact with your lives, but they're never they're not fleshed out. Like I'm fine with having a one shot at it being dumb, but I'm not fine with kind of leaving a person being like a caricature. So I feel like I want to flesh these people out when you start interacting with them or we get like enough screen time with them. Mm. Um, like I wanted the speaker to demonstrate her power. And I think that that was a lot of labor party and then seeing what happens when that power was extracted. Stoneface, I think, has been a running joke and I think that's fine. But like he can never really leave the castle. So I guess I'm right. kind of fine with him leaving there. But it's a nice thing to lean back on. Mm-hmm. And there was also like a character and a voice that made me feel confident in doing the podcast in the first place. So I'm kind of OK with it. Well, kind of a follow up, Eric, at PodCon, you were on a panel about managing your party with the DMs or GMs of several other podcasts, including The Adventure Zone, Tabletop Potluck, Venture Maidens, Broadswords. Have you learned anything from that? And how does your DMing style differ from all the other people managing these very different podcasts? Yeah, I... I didn't realize that we were all going to be so different. I think that's definitely something that stood out. I'm like, oh, we're just like all DMs. Like, how are we going to really diversify ourselves? Griffin is very inspired by video games. I think that learning that he really leaned on like a Legend of Zelda sort of like video game campaign has helped me structure my world, but uh, it's definitely something that sometimes I wanted to break out of. Tabletop Potluck, man, the stuff that they're doing over there is wild. They switch RPGs every six weeks. Like, that's insane! Oh, man. Uh, what, what Ray and Megan and all the rest of the team who I met, you're all amazing. They're just doing something in a totally different way, which kind of bucks a lot of the preconceived notions about real play podcasts. Celeste from Venture Maidens is such an old school DM. Like she's been playing Dungeons and Dragons for 12 years, which means she's been playing Dungeons and Dragons for 50 years. Yeah. You know? Seriously. So like she's seen so many iterations and like they stream. So it's like she's I just like she goes and does of it. That. They play for an hour and a half streaming people watching them the whole time and then edit that audio down into an even more condensed podcast version but the moment she said that like i I had listened to the show like i know the conceit of it but i was still like wait you don't edit you don't stop what it just it wild there's such so many nice people if you haven't listened go back to the punch bowl episode we did with them and you'll enjoy it yeah with celeste and Brittany. So cool. And the Tabletop Potluck team, too, is just like the best people. And I am so excited to dive deeper into the archive of their show. Yeah, I think the biggest difference between us and another show probably is the broadswords. I mean, they record for like only an hour and I don't think they do a lot of editing. I mean, we record for at least 90 to 100 to 110 minutes. And then we cut that down. Like we do a lot of our editing in post. And I think that's kind of our strength. But they're doing the exact opposite. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a stylistic choice. I think I've only ever cut scenes like two to three times ever, but most of it's just like restructuring to make sure it's a narrative flow and making sure it actually works as a story. Something that all of you talked about, though, is structuring your episodes story-wise. So like Broadswords talked about doing kind of a three-act structure, and Griffin was talking about kind of keeping people 
in the long game and like introducing little bits of it. And then, you know, Celeste obviously playing for streaming needs to make sure that it's interesting and doesn't lose momentum halfway through. Did any of that kind of ring true, Eric, with how you think about each individual episode? Um, And doing them, I think, with guests is also another interesting layer because we've had to think about, you know, who are we going to book and how many episodes are they going to be on? How are you sort of dealing with that? Scheduling. Yeah. I hate scheduling. So I think I hear are two different metaphors here. My feet here. is scheduling. I'm good at scheduling. <laughs> <laughs> here are two different metaphors, I think, do explain how I think about DMing right now. The first, I think, when we talk about scheduling now, this is a podcast, so I really try to craft my research around, like, a TV episode. Like, I want to hit the themes of it. Like, this is going to be a goofy one. This is going to be a serious one. This is going to be introspective and character-driven. This a is going to be action-based. Br- Brandon? <laughs> We will not allow We're not you doing to a musical. Do a musical episode. We're not doing it. No. If Brandon says he's doing a musical, he's like trying to convince himself that it's possible. We're not doing a musical. And then I have to write See, you did I now have to write the musical. Like I'm not doing it. You can't just like do music like it's a musical episode. I'm like, "Well, no, we, we no one is singing." We're not doing a musical. And I mean, I'm keeping all of this in so that everyone can hold you accountable and tell you we're not doing a musical. <laughs> Depends on your definition of musical. We're not doing a musical. We're not. So we're keeping the Unless theme. Unless we like pull an Ira Glass and go on tour with a ballet company where the dancers stand in for us and just do interesting performances that we are simply there for. And then afterwards we're like, isn't that amazing? I'm Ira Glass. Good night. Let me hit you with this. Robot dancers. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. interesting. Let me hit you with this. We're not doing a musical. <laughs> so when I plan my episodes, it's not about like the action that necessarily happens. Like there are story beats necessarily, but the joy of Dungeons and Dragons is that you can kind of do whatever you want. I mean, it's never going to be a three act structure. It's going to be like the story that happens while we play the game. So I guess I just want the things to happen and and the theme and the feeling to come across. I mean, this ones with the NPCs, I want really want to have a little more lightness because. We spent a lot of time down in like the emotional and like metaphysical and spiritual and godly realms with Labor Party. So bringing in friends is just an excuse to be a little bit goofy and let them be silly as Julia and Sarah and other NPCs will be. Yeah, I think it's interesting, though, because I, I think you are not giving yourself credit. You do a two act structure every time. Well, yeah, with the break, but I, I just like I don't like looking at it like that. Right. I just don't think so. Well, the the other metaphor that I have, I think of it like a card game. If you ever played like euchre or spades, like a trump suit game, is like you have a certain amount of cards, and then there are like rounds where people play different cards, and then you like win each individual game inside of that set. Like right? tennis. Like tennis. Yeah. So it's which like... I had Eric explain to me two weeks ago. <laughs> tennis. Yeah. Can you do it to me, please? <laughs> Later, 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 later. No. I'll try. (laughs) So there is a textbook way that you're supposed to play the game. Like, this is the highest card. This is the second highest card. This is the third highest card. And then you play them accordingly. But you need to respond to what your players do. And then you play the cards that you have. So it's like, I have these story beats. I have these actions. But it's like, if I need to play the dragon first, I was planning on playing the dragon last. But if, like, if you guys do a a, a ritual that, like, summons something bad, the dragon comes first. If I want to have a trap, I need to figure out where that comes comes depending on how you play the game. I have the peaks and valleys of the story, but it's not like I'm enforcing a structure onto y'all. So you yeah. think less about sequencing and more about like having all your little your modules and your bits available exactly. to place as needed. I think about having stuff and I think about theme, but I do not think about structure. I think that's the advantage of having someone other than the DM be the editor. Yeah. Because in my head, the JTP arc is introductory material, premise, 
inciting incident, mid-roll, and then conflict, resolution, aftermath, cliffhanger. That's the JTP principle. Yeah. It's And then it's the most- <laughs> it. oh, Our unified oh, theories. And then oh, the no. most fun bits come about where we upend that structure and do something different, but that's a two-act structure. I guess that's like stories. I mean, but... less, less of a witch hat, more of like a like a bucket hat. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is that doesn't mean while we're playing that that's how that actually lays out, but in the yeah. edit, that's how I lay it out. Yeah, so if uh, you think I'm a bad DM, it's because Brandon is making me seem super basic. No if you think I'm a bad, bad editor, DM. it's be- I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is it, please don't tell me that because I'm very fragile. If you yes. think I'm a bad player, I got nothing for you, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for this after party. You can check out Potterless and Horse and join the party and Spirits and Waystation at Multitude.Productions, which is our production collective. We also make a ton of resources that are freely available for fellow podcasters, like how to transcribe your show, how to do money for indie podcasters, how to hire teammates. There's a bunch of really great resources there. Some of them are panels that you can watch or listen to, and some are articles. So check that out at Multitude.Productions. Online, we are at Join the Party Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Our site, jointhepartypod.com, has transcripts for every episode, info about our team and our characters, and all kinds of links to just cool extras like our arc recaps. So you can help get friends into the show by listening to a nice recap instead of every single episode if they want to just catch up really quick. Our Patreon is where you can go to pledge your human dollars to help support the show and keep it getting made. You can also gain access to our Discord, which is just the loveliest and kindest place on the internet. It is always popping with people's pet photos and craft photos and stories of their campaigns and awesome dinners and baking. People are so talented. That's at patreon.com slash join the party pod. All right. Thanks again. And we will see you in two weeks. Bye, guys. Wizard on. Oh, no. Oh, wrong podcast. (laughs) What up, nerds? It's basketball. What up, nerds? It's basketball. See you later. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.